Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ditch the Classroom. Today we have Aubrey Malik. She is a former teacher turned business coach for freelancers and service providers, and I'm just super excited to have her share her wisdom and her journey with you today. So welcome, Aubrey. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm super excited as well. Awesome. So let's go ahead and just start with you sharing a little bit about your teaching journey, um, the grades you taught, how long and just all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated and with my undergrad degree and three weeks later I had my first teaching job. So I mean, right out the gate had a teaching job right in my town. It was at a private school and I just was super excited to, you know, start making money and putting my degree to use. And I quickly realized that the amount of money that I was making and the student loan payments that I had really weren't adding up. So I switched to a public school, which I was really super excited about because it was a different kind of classroom setting. It was a special education setting in 811. And it was, I'd never had any experience like it. And I really, really loved it. But at the time I had to drive about an hour to go to that job. So this was, it worked fine until I was pregnant and that drive just became really long, number one, because you're pregnant. And number two, I was, you know, thinking, you know, this is going to be really hard once my son is actually born to not only be away from him for the whole day, but know that I had like an extra two hours of just drive time where I would be away from him. So yeah, I really started to look at getting a job that just could be closer to home so I didn't have to make that commute. So I did find a job close to home. I actually jumped into teaching sixth grade math, which was like crazy for me because I had taught a lot of younger elementary in the, you know, K one, two grades, but I found that I really, really, really liked sixth grade. I loved focusing in on one subject area where I felt like I could get really, really good at, you know, the math lessons and the content and the students. And it just was really fun. And at that time when I had that job, I found out I was expecting my second son and I just really felt a pull to figure something out that I could do where I could have flexibility. I, you know, was missing out on my first son, his big moments, and he had some health issues and some surgeries that he had to go through. And I just really wanted to be able to not have to ask anybody to say like, Hey, can I take time off to go take him to the doctor? So just a lot of more like internal struggles. It's not that I didn't love what I did as a teacher. I absolutely loved it. it it's actually a huge part of my story now and, and why I've actually like made the transition into like business coach and creating online courses. But um, like I said, I just with my kids being so young and knowing that this time is so fleeting, I really wanted to be able to have a flexible job. So 
transitioning out of the classroom was was really hard, but it's really been such a great experience. Um, I spent about five years in the classroom, and I know that that's not something that will ever leave me. I always feel like I have a teacher heart, and you know, like I said, I carried that into what I'm doing now. It just looks different. It's not in a classroom, so to speak. But um, that's a little bit about my journey and how I how I got into where I am. And I guess probably you know leading into the why I decided to ditch the classroom. I think I got a little bit ahead of myself there. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. So I really connect with what you said about not having the income to even pay your student teaching loans or not student teaching loans, but your loans in general. I was the same. I taught up in Michigan and I knew like their pay rate was just not going to allow me to cover rent and student loans. So that's why I came down to Texas. They were a lot better known, a better pay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really connect with that. And I can't believe you drove an hour one way while pregnant. Like I would have needed so many bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time I just, I mean, it was one of those things where I'm like, just keep your, like, it was just, I was so tired. You know, those, the first pregnancy, it's like, I don't even think you realize how tired you get. And I remember just driving home and being like, I hope I'm staying awake. Like sometimes I'd get home and you don't even like, you just didn't like mode to drive. And I was like, I don't even remember getting home. But yeah, it was it was really hard. And that that was a hard thing too, because that job really challenged me. And I think that that was something that I always look for, especially like, you know, transitioning into being an online business owner. Like, it's something that's challenging for me. Like it, it challenges me every day, every day is something new. And so that's why I, I liked that job. And it was hard for me to leave that position. But again, too, it was um, a lot of what I was feeling was that internal struggle of, you know, my job and also my family and feeling like, you know, something was always suffering. And that was really, it was really hard for me too, because I am an all in kind of person. And I don't like feeling like I'm not giving my all to, to something, you know, like I'm not giving my all to my job or my all to my family. So that was, it was a lot of internal struggle for me to really come to the decision of it's time to maybe look for something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel you. I think a lot of teachers struggle with that guilt feeling like, you know, you went to school for this, you are so passionate about the children, but really everything that's needed from you as a teacher, it takes a lot of time and you don't have the time that you want to dedicate to your own family. So I struggled with the guilt with that a lot myself. So I totally, totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. So can you kind of share a little bit about your journey from when you decided you were going to leave the classroom and then kind of leading into where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of touched on this a little bit and I'll back up to that. So like I said, I was I was teaching at a school that was closer to my home and I really did love it. But I was seven months pregnant and I really kind of was at a place where I'm like, if I'm going to make this happen, I kind of have to do it now because I, you know, I missed out on some of those moments with my oldest son and I just had a feeling of, I really don't want to do that with my second. I really wanted to be there and be there for all those big moments and small moments. So I was at the time seven months pregnant and I found on like a Facebook mom group, you know, how do I work from home? How do I make money from home? Because we weren't, we weren't in a position where we could go down to one income. Me and my husband, and I both work. He still does. 
bless his heart, in the school system, especially, you know, during this time this year. But we just weren't in a position with our, both of us had hefty student loans. And I also, I didn't feel like I really just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm not saying that with any kind of negative connotation around that at all, because being at home with my kids is a full-time job. But I am a very very motivated and driven person. And I wanted to be able to feel like I could contribute to my family's income just to feel successful, to feel like I was working towards goals. That's something that's a huge part of me. I I love being able to do that. So I decided to kind of investigate and learn more about becoming a virtual assistant because it was something I hadn't heard before. A lot of times um, when you hear about working from home, you hear a lot of like network marketing, direct sell- selling, MLMs, and that just really didn't feel like a good fit for me and really what I was looking for. And virtual assistant and becoming a freelancer really checked a lot of those boxes off for me as far as being able to kind of determine my schedule, use a lot of the skills and talents that I already had. And, you know, I know I was thinking about leaving the classroom and a lot of people would say, well, why would you do that? You spent all this money and got all this training and have all this experience. But the way I saw it was I was taking a lot of the skills and training that I had and just utilizing it in a different way that really met me where I was with what I wanted to do as far as my family goes and my future. So I kind of decided that at seven months pregnant, I set a goal for myself and I said, you know what, in the next two months, I want to at least bring in enough to cover my student loan payment, which was right around 1200 a month. And I said, if I can do that, if we can cover that big payment, we can cut some corners on some other things and I can stay home. And I brought this to my husband and I said, what do you think? And he said, if you think that you can do it and you show me that you can do it, I mean, honestly, he's a saint and he probably would have let me do it, whatever. But um, I just wanted that reassurance that like, okay, like, and also too, to someone hold me accountable, like, hey, you know, you set this goal, how are you doing on it? So set that goal and just really kind of dove in and just learned as much as I could about being an online business owner and providing a service to another business owner and what does that look like and what pieces do I need to have in place and just really worked my tail off for those last two months, which was really hard being pregnant and working full time and chasing after a toddler and all the things, but I accomplished my goal and my last day in the classroom was the day before my second son was born and I haven't been back since and I'm super proud of myself for setting that goal and for accomplishing it. And I'm super proud of myself for kind of going against the grain because it would have been easy to stay in something that was, I was content in, I was happy in. It was, you know, what I think I was supposed to do. It kind of checked all those boxes, but um, I'm so, so happy and so proud of the journey that I've had and, and where it's led me to. And now, you know, that that was two years ago at this point. So now I think the missing link and all of that, you know, I have the business, I have the flexibility, I have, um, you know, I can kind of determine my income. I'm, you know, I'm replacing my teaching income, but I think the missing link to that was still having that teaching drive in me. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just translated into helping other freelancers who want to scale their business are kind of feeling overwhelmed, aren't sure where they should go next and how do they actually make this really sustainable for them and provide that income for their family. I have a course for them that helps them work through my three-step framework. And I'm just super excited about that. That's like my little launch baby right now. And so that's kind of, you know, the, I hope the cliff notes version, I hope I didn't bore you with all the, no, no, there's so much I want to dissect. So what services 
did you offer as a freelancer or if you still are offering them? Yeah, absolutely. So at first I offered any service. <laughs> I offered yeah. any service to anybody who would work with me. I, you know, I, I knew I had number one skills and talents, but I also knew that anything that a business owner asked me to do, I could figure out how to do it. So I was doing a lot of different things and that was fine at first to get my feet wet and to kind of figure out, okay, what it, what do I like? What do I not like? But I knew that I couldn't keep going like that because I just was feeling drained. You know, I was one day I was doing social media and then the next day I was writing blog posts and the next day I was just doing like hourly admin tasks and I really wasn't finding my groove. I wasn't creating a system. I was reinventing the wheel every single time. Mm -hmm. So the, I think the big turning point for me was when I decided, okay, I need to figure out what service I really enjoy offering and go all in on that and really get clear on the problem that I solve and really get clear on my systems and how I can come in and help another business owner. And so that for me really was blog management. So I kind of, I would come in for business owners and write their blog posts for them, do all the uploading, the formatting, get all the images for them. I mean, basically just take that whole entire project off their plate so they didn't have to worry about it. They knew that four blog posts were going out every single month and they would have content that would drive traffic to their website and opt-ins and all the things that go along with that. So really that was the turning point for me was when I said, I'm going to stop offering all the services and really go in on one service and really get good at that service and get known for that. Yep. And that's when my business took off because people started referring me because I had a system in place and I, you know, did quality work. So that was what it looked like in the beginning. And that's kind of why I decided to create the course too, because I was like, I've kind of made all the mistakes. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it all wrong. I've, you know, navigated this. And now I have, I feel really good framework to walk people through to really help them so that they maybe can avoid some of those mistakes. Yeah, I love. So you and I have a very similar story. I kind of started with just the general admin, social media, all the, all the things, whatever people wanted me to do. And I niched down into the website design. So I'm going to do an episode about this at some point of getting more specific on what you want to do. But I think a lot of freelancers start out general just to like kind of get their feet wet and figure out what interests them. Cause I mean, if you're leaving teaching, you're often leaving it because you're unhappy there and just not fulfilled. So you want to, you want to make sure you're offering services that really fulfill you, mm -hmm. not that drain you every day or that just like are overwhelming. So I love that you, realize that so quickly and narrow down into a niche that you really enjoyed. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways too that if I could give to someone, because obviously if you've never had any kind of online business experience or, you know, know what goes into it, it's important to kind of get your feet wet and to feel out what's what you might enjoy doing. But I think the quicker that you can hone in on that, the quicker you're going to be able to scale. And, you know, speaking to you, like I see your name recommended a lot in Facebook groups on website design. And, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even know that about you, but I just know that like other people are recommending you for that. So that's like one, even just more reason to go all in. It's because it makes it so much easier for someone to say, Oh, you should contact this person for website designer, you should find it this person for your Pinterest strategy because that that's what they focus on. That's the only thing that they do. And that's the only way that you really can get super good at it. Because if you're trying to do, you know, a little bit of Pinterest and a little bit of website design and a little bit of copywriting, 
you can't go, you can't get really good at all three of those things. Your attention's divided. So if you really just focus in on one thing and learn all there is to know about that and go really deep on it, you can get such a great system in place and just such a great referral system where people know that that's what you do. And then some people might not even like know you specifically, but they see your name pop up and they're like, Oh, I, I think she does this. She might be a good person to contact too. So that's, that's a big thing. And then another thing too, as far as the service piece is also knowing that what you pick doesn't have to be the thing that you stick with forever. Right. If you decide to go, you know, you're starting to like Pinterest and you decide to start offering Pinterest specifically. And after six to eight months, you're again, not finding that you're loving it. You're not super happy. You're feeling burnout. You can always switch. Like that's mm -hmm. the best thing about offering a service to online business owners is it doesn't have to be set in stone. You know, just because you put it up on your website doesn't mean like it's there forever. You can change right. it. You can pivot you as you learn more, you can adjust. So um, I think that's another thing to know that like deciding to do something, offering a service doesn't have to be the end all be all. You can try it out, see if you like it. If you don't, you know, try something different too. Yeah, I agree. I feel like a, a big problem that I had and that a lot of the women in my course have had is getting started in a service. They feel like that can take the longest, but once you put in the effort, put in the time, land that first client, it'll start snowballing. So that client might recommend you to some of their business partners or just people they know, and it'll start building on itself. So it's really just taking that first step, figuring out what you like and just going for it. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to know everything beforehand, but you have to dive in to start learning mm -hmm. all of the things. Right. You yeah. have to take the step. And also too, like you said, taking that next step, getting that first client might mean like they might refer you, but also too, I think with gaining that first client or, you know, getting on that first discovery call, even if it doesn't like a discovery call, for example, even if it doesn't end in a client deciding to work with you, doing that discovery call in itself is building confidence mm -hmm. and just like gaining the client, it's building confidence. And so then you're going to go into that next discovery call or that next time, like getting a client with just more confidence and just, you'll be able to talk about your service more. You'll be able to feel ready. You won't be so nervous. You'll still probably be nervous, but you won't be so nervous. And those things, taking those next steps and doing those things builds that confidence. And over time it just becomes easier. So some people struggle, like you said, with taking that next step, but that next step is going to be the thing that's going to make each step after that that much easier because you're building that confidence, you're gaining that momentum, and it's just, like you said, going to snowball. Yep, yep, I totally agree. So what would you say, what do you think is the biggest obstacle you had to overcome when you decided to leave the classroom? Um, I think that's there's two parts. Number one, and they both kind of go along with each other, but I think the first thing is what's everybody going to think? My town that I live in is very small and there's, I mean, there really is not a ton of people doing what I'm doing, having an online business. There's people who own, you know, brick and mortar businesses. Like my brother-in-law just opened a physical therapy business. My parents are opening a pharmacy and that kind of seems to be like the norm, but someone kind of going against the grain and starting their own business and, you know, leaving the classroom behind, it's very taboo. And why would you do that? So I think that was one thing I really struggled with is what, what are people going to think of me? Are people going to judge me? Are people going to be talking about me in the hallways? You know, so that was something I really struggled with. And another thing was just my mindset. And I think that 
people talking about me and worrying what other people are going to think um, goes along with that. So I really had to work on my mindset in order to kind of get past those things because if I didn't, those thoughts of what were people going to think of me and are people judging me would stop me from doing it. So I think that was one thing that I just really constantly every single day tried to work on my mindset, do a lot of um, positive self-talk and just remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing and reminding myself, you know, people might talk about me, but I, I'm not doing this for them. I'm not doing this for their approval. This is my life. And, and just reminding myself of the reasons why I'm trying to do this was really helpful for me, but it was definitely overwhelming at first. And it's definitely something that I know can keep a lot of people stuck worrying about what other people think. Yeah, I struggled with the same thing. Um, I mean, my parents helped pay for my college and now I'm not using that degree. I mean, I guess I'm still using it because I'm still teaching in a way, but mm -hmm. I'm not using it the way that it was intended. And so I felt kind of this guilt and this pressure to stay there when I wasn't happy anymore, just to make others happy and realizing that your happiness is what matters, I think is really, really crucial. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So are there any resources that helped you take the leap out of teaching? I think the biggest thing was just investing, investing in something to help me get going. And I, I still invest to this day because I think that's something that's ingrained in me as a teacher is I always want to be a lifelong learner. I never want to feel like I know enough. I never want to think that, oh, because I read this Google article that I know all there is to know. So I am also a person who knows that I, what I want, I want yesterday. <laughs> and so it's really hard for me to not like know what steps I need to take in order to get it. Because to me, I'm like, I want this happening yesterday. So I invested in a course right off the bat. It was really, really hard for me. It was $500 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of leaving my teaching job. And I don't know if the money's going to come in, but I, all I do know is I need someone to show me what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I need someone to speak business language to me because I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know anything about how do I invoice and all these things that go along with starting a freelancing business. So I invested in a course and that was just so helpful for me just to know what steps I needed to take. And I think that's a great thing about online courses is because someone who created that course has already gone before you has already, like I said before, made a lot of the mistakes, learned what works, learns what doesn't work and has put it together, wrapped it up in a bow for you and said, here you go. And I think it's really important to invest when you ready, are ready to take that next big leap and putting some money on the line can sometimes hold you accountable. Like I, you know, I said too, I invested $500. So I was like, well, this kind of has to work. I at least have to make my money back from that course. So that was something that really helped me too. And just listening to podcasts and just learning the different terms and learning what the online business world looks like. I just, I wanted to know as much as I could so that when I got on a call with someone or when I was doing my work, I just felt more confident because I had background knowledge. So that was something that really helped me. And like I said, still to this day, I'm constantly investing in myself, trying to learn as much as I can, trying to hone my craft and, and be the best that I can be. And that was something that I really did from the beginning and still do today. 
Yeah, I think investing is super important. Like you said, in the freelancing world, you can kind of DIY a lot of things, but you're going to make a lot of mistakes or you might make a lot of mistakes that other people who've gone before you can help you not make. So Mm -hmm. it's really helpful. It's not, it's, you're not losing money when you're investing, you're putting money into your business. That's going to come back exponentially. So it's definitely, I, I agree. I'm always investing in my business. It's so worth it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So can you kind of tell us what your average day looks like now? Well, we're finally back into some kind of semblance of a routine. Thankfully, you know, the last six months threw a monkey wrench at us. But um, most of my days look like waking my boys up. I mean, that's something I didn't get to do when I had a teaching job. I was someone who was there early. And, you know, thankfully, both my boys are great sleepers. But Um, that meant that I didn't get to see them before I left for work, which was really hard for me because that would be one thing that would get me really down when I was teaching. I'm like, you know, it's been, you know, over 12 hours since I've seen my son, since my son's seen me and just feeling that guilt about that. So, you know, I wake them up. My oldest son does uh, pre-preschool a couple days a week. So we do that. I have a little bit of help in the morning time while he's at school with my youngest so that I'm able to get a good two and a half hour chunk of work done. And then we, you know, we come home and we have lunch together and we do all the things that I, you know, wish I would do when the weather's nice. We get to go outside and spend that time together. And I remember thinking that sitting in the classroom, looking out the window on a great day and thinking, oh, I would just love to be at the park with my kids right now. And so I just love that I have that flexibility. And then nap time comes and fingers crossed that my oldest son naps. He's hit or miss these days, but that's usually another work chunk for me of getting things done, whether that's, you know, serving clients that I still have. I I still have that piece of my business because I think it's important to have multiple streams of income in your business. So I still have clients that I work with. Um, I, you know, check in with my course students, creating course content, recording podcasts, you know, all those things. And then usually by, you know, four in the afternoon, I'm done and I'm off the clock and I get to be mom and do dinner and just have time. And I don't have to feel like I left my job, you know, with teaching. I know a lot of your listeners probably feel the same way. You leave your job, but your job, you never feel like you're done as a teacher. You're grading lessons or you're grading papers, you're planning lessons, you're cutting out, you know, lamination and all these things. And it just always seemed to drag over. So now I know that like I'm done at four and and that's, I'm done and I'm off until, you know, the next day. So it's, it's really awesome. But I mostly work about four hours a, a day and five days a week. And that's pretty much what my, my day consists of. And it's awesome. And it's super exciting that a lot of what I have dreamt about and thought about and wanted for, for my life, it's a reality now. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. So if someone wanted to start their ditch the classroom journey, but they just felt really overwhelmed by the thought of it, what would be your biggest tip? What would you tell them? I think, so ditching the classroom, like if they want to leave the classroom, they want to do that. That seems like if you're thinking about it, gosh, you're sitting there and you're like, that seems like a really big goal and it seems way far off and it seems like I don't know even what I would have to do to get there. 
And I think that's why a lot of people don't start or, you know, stay stuck is because the goal to them seems too big. So what I would tell them to do is break it down into smaller chunks, break it down into things that you could actually see yourself doing today because ditching the classroom today, like a lot of teachers can't just, you know, sitting there, you know, at their desk say, okay, today's my last day. Yeah. So think about what you can do each day to work towards that goal. So, you know, maybe it's, whatever it is you're going to decide to do. If you're going to decide to become a freelancer, okay, maybe I'm going to listen to a podcast about freelancing you know, today. And then maybe tomorrow I'm going to, you know, create a Facebook page about my business. Maybe I'm going to decide on what services I'm going to offer. What, what are things that you can do each day to work towards that goal? And that helps to make it easier for you to take that next step because you're not trying to think big picture, ditch the classroom. Let's leave today. You're thinking, I'm just going to take the next step forward. And I think that that helped me too. Like I, I didn't try to think too far off. I, I had that, had the goal in mind, but I didn't focus on that all the time. I just thought, what can I do today that will move me closer to that? Yeah. You want to just take bite-sized pieces. I mean, you can't accomplish anything as soon as you think of it. You have to break it down into smaller sets. And as teachers, I mean, we're really good at backwards design. So if we have a test, we have to figure out what we need to teach the kids to have them do well on the test. So having this big goal in mind, you need to break it down in the smaller sets that will help you reach that goal. I think that's really important. Yeah. And I mean, teachers too, I, I really, really believe this. We translate so well to the online business space. I mean, we have so many skills. We know how to deal with all different kinds of people. We know how to put out fires. We know how to reassess. We know how to make a plan B. Like we have so many skills as teachers that make us really great business owners. So it's, if it's something that you really want to do, if it's something that you feel pulled and called to do, I mean, that was something that, that I really, I didn't just decide, okay, like I'm leaving the classroom. You know, I, I really sat and thought about it and, and didn't just make the like quick decision to do it. I thought, okay, is this something I really want? And each day I was like, feeling that pulled and feeling called to do it. And it was something I couldn't stop thinking about. And I think that that's like a really good sign for you to know that this might be something worth pursuing is if you really feel called to do it and know that it's going to affect more than just your happiness. Like what else could it do for your life and for your family and just the ripple effect that it could make? Yeah. If you have the, the calling on your heart, God placed that on your heart for a reason. And he's going to give you the resources that you need. He's going to give you the people you need to guide you. He's not just going to place it on your heart and then leave you hanging. Like you'll, you'll get there. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. That's, that's so true. And I feel like I, that's something that I've said, like in the beginning too, like when I was going through the struggle, I'm like, you know what, this isn't here. Like, for no reason. It's here for a purpose. And I just have to kind of lean into it, even though it's scary, even though I'm not sure what the next step's going to be. Um, God's going to give me the tools that I need to do it. So I love that you said that. Yep. So do you have any resources that you'd like to share with my listeners, your own resources that might help them in their ditch the classroom journey? Yeah, absolutely. So if any of you are, you know, freelancer service providers and you really need help kind of figuring out what that service is that you want to offer and how to get really clear on that and how to know exactly the problem that you solve for potential clients so that, you know, when you get on a discovery call with them, you're really able to wow them because you're, you're really clear on what it is that you do. I have a guide for you that will help you get clear on that. 
and it's at aubreymalek.com forward slash attract, A-T-T-R-A-C-T, and you can grab that there for free. Awesome. I'll have that in my show notes as well. And then you also have a course. What is your, who does your course serve? Yeah. So my course serves freelancers who already have an established business. They're already offering services. They already have clients and they're just feeling overwhelmed and they're not really sure what that next step is to really take their business next level. They don't really have any systems in place. They um, are doing a lot of things manually. So just having a lot of time behind their computer and they really aren't super clear on how to get their business in front of more potential clients. My course, the Freelancer to CEO Academy, walks them through that three-step process where we figure out what's your signature service you're going to offer, how do we create systems that allow you to work less but make more, and then how do we create a marketing plan to get your services in front of your ideal clients. And right now it's closed. (laughs) If you're listening to this live, we did a live launch. So I'm working through the course six weeks through my students. We're doing it live together. But I do have a wait list. If that's something that you would be interested in learning more about, you can just head to aubreymouth.com slash wait list to join the wait list and to hear when the next time that is going to open. Awesome. So like I said, I'll have all of your resources linked in the show notes for anybody who's interested. This has been so much fun. Aubrey, where can people come connect with you, learn more from you, be your best friend? (laughs) I would love that. I I love having online business friends. Honestly, some of the people that I've met online are the closest people to me, which is so exciting. I have one friend who, you know, we've been boxing back and forth for over a year now. We've never met in person, but I, I honestly, to my, I talked to my husband, like she's my best friend, like she lives down the street from me. So I would love, (laughs) I would love to come connect with you and just to hear, you know, what you're struggling with. If there's anything else that I can help you with, if you're feeling like you want to do this, but you're not sure. Um, Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. I love being in the DMs and connecting one-on-one with people. So my handle is just my name at Aubrey Malik. My name is spelled with two E's. It's not a usual spelling, A-U-B-R-E-E. And then my last name, M-A-L-I-C-K. That's my favorite place to hang out, but you can always go to my website. It's my name.com, aubreymalik.com to learn more about me and the services that I offer. But yeah, those are the two places that you can come connect with me. Oh, and I also do have a podcast as well. (laughs) Um, And that's freelancer to CEO. So a lot of the stuff that I talked about, a lot of the things that I focus on, we have great episodes over there. So if you would like to come listen, I would love to have you. Awesome. So yeah, that's going to be a great resource for anybody who wants to learn more about the whole freelancing world. Awesome. So before we close out, any closing thoughts? I would say that I think the biggest thing is to not let the fear and the what ifs keep you where you are. If you really feel pulled and called to do something, to just go for it because we only have one life. And I, I know for me, at least, I never want to get to the end of my life and think, what if I just would have done that? What if I would have tried it? And that's something I've always thought as far as my teaching goes when I started this journey if it didn't work out, I have the teaching degree. You know, I've landed teaching jobs before. I know I could do it again, but I really felt like if I don't do this now, I never will. And I just don't want to live with regret. And I don't think a lot of people do either. So if you want to go after this, do it and don't let the fear of what other people will think, or what if you fail, keep you stuck. Just keep taking that next step forward. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being on today. I really appreciate you. And to those listening, thank you for tuning into today's episode and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier, and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.